Welcome to the WWE Podcast. This is your week in review, our flagship show, and we've got so much to get to tonight with WWE giving us no shortage of things to talk about, including Brock Lesnar showing up on SmackDown and getting sucker punched by Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins being revealed as Roman Reigns' next opponent. How exactly does that work, considering he's a part of Monday Night Raw? Well, you can count on WWE to not explain that. And new competitors for the women's championships heat up on both sides. Let's get it all started right now. How would you like to get 47 ebooks for $1? Yes, 47 for a dollar. The only place to get that is millionairewealthclub.com. These books include passive income advice with Airbnbs, vending machines, credit repair, Amazon profits, YouTube celebrities, generational wealth, and much more. They're striving to push the youth to be entrepreneurs versus employees in 2022. Add this bundle to your cart and use coupon code MILLIONAIRE at checkout. If there are any issues, you can just contact them and they'll get your bundle over immediately. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com and get 47 ebooks for a dollar. I can't believe I'm saying that. 47 ebooks for a dollar. It's really a no-brainer. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast for this week in review. It is Sunday, January 9th, 2022. Thank you everyone for joining me here tonight and I hope everyone is doing well, staying warm and that your new year is off to a great start and if it's not, well, it's only nine days in. So you still got what, 356 to go roughly? No, not roughly, exactly. So um, that said, everybody, thank you for joining me here, and we are going to kick things into full gear in just one second, but, 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 we always like to make sure that the latest patrons of our show get the credit that they deserve and that the, the shout out that they deserve for joining us on Patreon, and we have a new patron, and that person is Brandon Holder, so Brandon Holder, thank you so much for your support, it is truly appreciated here on the WWE podcast. As you know, uh, I still do not have a co-host. It's very difficult. I'm trying to sneak in a co-host here and there uh, during the week. Um, I'm not promising anything. It's going to be oddball shows. Maybe I get somebody in. I don't like always just talking to myself. I miss the back and forth. It has been, feels like five, six weeks, maybe more since I've had a co-host I've been able to banter with. And uh, that is hopefully coming down the line. But um yeah, it's, as you know, it's not up to me. So, um, everybody, thank you for joining me once again, and let's just get into WWE. Uh, let, let's get into it, and, you know, this is the time of year when WWE likes to sh- put its best foot forward, and rightfully so. It is the time of year when you are building to your biggest event of the year. Biggest events, because the Rumble, I would argue, is number two, although some feel SummerSlam is number two, arguably, and it's I get that argument, but Rumble's at least number three. Okay, so you are building to your top two or three pay-per-views in the company over the next three months. 
you need to really kick things into gear. And WWE, every single time the calendar flips into a new year, they seem to suddenly have a light switch go on and things explode. And this year, um, you know, while it hasn't been an explosion, you can see the uh, the really kind of amp ramp up to those pay-per-views. And the Rumble, of course, is first on January 29th, Saturday, January 29th. I'm still not sure how I feel about Saturday pay-per-views. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, it, it depends, of course, where you guys live and the time zones and things and what you got going on Sunday and Mondays. But I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll see how I think about it. And by the way, it's, it's not a pay-per-view, guys. It's a premier live event. So the premier live event, the Royal Rumble, is January 29th. So um, we got a few announcements this week from WWE, of course, with uh, the those that are in the Rumble. And uh, we pretty much got like more than half of the women's Rumble match announced. And uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But for the men, the men, and these are the individuals who are confirmed. We have Johnny Knoxville. Oh, God, I'll get to that in a second, too. Montez Ford, Angela Dawkins, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Austin Theory, and Sheamus. So that's what? Two, four, six, eight out of 30. So we have 22 unknowns. And before I get to the women... Johnny Knoxville, do we need to have a celebrity infusion every single WrestleMania season? Is it needed? Is there is there some kind of quota that WWE has to fulfill? Otherwise, they have a a, a stroke. I don't I don't know. Uh, you now, last year with Bad Bunny was insufferable until he got in the ring and impressed everybody. But was all of that suffering for many many weeks worth? that WrestleMania performance. I'll leave that up for you to decide. But Johnny Knoxville this week gets to just out of nowhere because he's a celebrity, just do, just be a part of the Rumble. And how did he qualify? Well, all he had to do, do, to do was uh, sneak up from behind on Sami Zayn and throw him over the top rope after his match. And the ring announcer suddenly got the... Uh, the news that he has been entered into the Rumble. Even though he's not an active competitor, he's a celebrity insert. Um, yeah, there's there's never any logic, rhyme, reason, or formula as to how people get into the Rumble. And I, I mean, I despise typically a celebrity involvement in wrestling. But, um, it, you know, I understand why they do it, right? More eyeballs, crossover audiences, that kind of crap. But I, I don't see Johnny Knoxville really being a, a needle mover, pun intended, to Roman. Uh, for WWE, I just don't. Don, Johnny Knoxville is a, a forgettable, um, just kind of two thousands show when it was cool to see people, you know, putting mouse traps on their faces and you know, I don't know, whatever other awful. I never really watched Jackass. Like I saw some of it, and it was just it was so low brow, like so low um, intelligence humor. And I'm not saying I'm you know, oh, I'm too smart. It just it didn't appeal to me. My brain is like, this isn't funny. This isn't entertaining. This is just kind of cringeworthy. And uh, just to watch people, you know, just self, uh, you know, self-destruct themselves. I, it wasn't something that appealed to me. And so having him here like 30 years later or 20 years later, rather, doesn't do anything. It does even less for me. And um, so he gets just announced. And beyond that, though, of course, how do people get into the Rumble? What is what is the qualifier? How do you get into this? prized matchup. How do you how do you get into this very select group of 30? Well, you either just declare it because that's all you have to do, you just declare it, or 
you have to qualify for those that the, the few that do. And I'm sure we'll have Royal Rumble qualifiers on Raw leading up to um, Royal Rumble to fill time, especially on Raw. And it makes sense. But why do some people have to qualify? Others don't. And some people just decide to declare it and they're in. And how, yeah, whatever. This is getting insane. It, it gets, then it's going to just for me go down to a rabbit hole of, well, how do people who are eliminated from the Rumble come in and legally eliminate another person? Now, I understand if someone gets eliminated from the Rumble and then they're frustrated and they want revenge on that individual, so they, they throw them over the top rope, but that shouldn't count as a a valid elimination. You know, like, okay, they got thrown over the top, but they weren't an, they weren't an active competitor at that time. They weren't an active competitor in that match. But I digress. I mean, there's, there's so much sometimes wrong logistically with the Rumble. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get to deal with Johnny Knoxville, and hopefully he gets his ass handed to him at the Rumble and uh, never wants to be in a WWE ring again. I, I really hope that. I truly hope that. You know, that uh, not that he gets, you know, I'm not, you know, advocating for anything bad to happen to his life, but maybe a couple of bumps and bruises that he won't ever forget, where he, you know, rolls out of his bed in the morning going, oh, damn. That's what I want for Johnny Knoxville, um, just because I have no no love for him at all, and I don't see the appeal. Anyway, moving on to the women's, we got some announcements uh, this week, and especially on, well, not especially, it was really done on SmackDown when we had Charlotte Flair out, and she's cutting her promo, and uh, they decided to, during her promo, announce that um, the, the some of the participants for the women's rubble. And as expected, here are the participants. Carmella, Dana Brooke, Nikki, Queen Zelina, Rhea Ripley, Tamina, Aaliyah, Charlotte Flair, who announced herself at the end. Boy, that's how you know that they're thin on women, right? Is that they have to bring in their own champions to participate. Um, Naomi, Natalia, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, and here's where things fall off the rails. Brie Bella, Lita, Nikki, Nikki Bella. Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool, Mich- uh, Mickey James, and Summer Rae. So <laughs> this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. They're bringing in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven already that they've announced out of the 30. Seven out of the 30 are um, already women. Uh, of yesteryear, rather. I mean, uh, they're legends. They're, they're, they're uh, especially cameo appearances. That's how bad and thin the women's division is. And just doing a little bit of math, just a little bit of math, okay? Say they don't bring any other surprise uh, Hall of Famers back. And it, everything else, the other 23 are all active competitors. That means that the Royal Rumble, if it's only seven, seven out of 30 that's still a 23% uh, proportion of your active women's rumble being stars that are legacy stars. That, that's if they don't increase the number of legacy stars. Likely it's going to go up. I could see 10 out of the 30, right? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the company that they have to just you know, dip into this pool of candidates that they know have no real chance of winning, but bring in that quick star power and fan allure, which I'm not a part of, but uh, even Lita, I'm sorry. I don't, I mean, it's fun. It's fun in the moment, but now it's becoming an annual thing and it's, it shouldn't be an annual thing. I could see like the first year 
this having them having to do this. But if they can't build a women's roster enough to fill a women's Royal Rumble match, then don't have it. I mean, really. Because you're exposing how thin your roster is that you don't have enough women in the roster, the current active roster, to fill it. So... I'm not a fan of it, but um, I know that some of you will be from a nostalgia perspective. To me, it kind of wore itself out last year. But okay, well, I just wanted to kind of go over the uh, Royal Rumble match. Um, Now, of course, my Raw review is up, and that was six days ago. But uh, six days feels like an eternity. And and I do want to apologize again, guys, for the mailbag being late. I do apologize. The mailbag part two, as you know, I mean. I, I have my own crazy schedule here at home with uh, the, the wife and kids, but I did get food poisoning, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, not in this one, but in the mailbag, I mentioned it. So uh, I'm still recovering from that. That was brutal. Okay, food poisoning, if you've ever had it, holy, I mean, figuratively and literally, okay? Uh, it is, it, you forget how bad it is until you have it again, and you're like, I, you feel like you're dying. So... Uh, yeah, just make sure, be careful what you guys eat, okay? Just make sure the chicken's cooked, things are clean, don't eat at Moe's. <laughs> That's the ultimate uh, message. Don't eat at Moe's, okay? Uh, moving on here. Um, the the one thing I want to talk about, though, big thing that came out of the show was Seth, Roman, Brock, Bobby, now in Like, where the hell, how does this all fit in? Like, what's going on? There's a lot of moving pieces. So let me first get to the champion versus champion proposal by Brock Lesnar at the top of SmackDown. Now, Michael Ritter went over this. You guys can hear the full SmackDown review and he'll, you know, give some perspectives that are more intelligent than mine. But here's my take on this. Brock Lesnar proposing champion versus champion is something that wouldn't happen until WrestleMania. And if that's the case, that would lead one to believe that it's going to be Roman versus Brock, who are still champions going into WrestleMania. They could have foreshadowed the match that they're going to have in three months uh, last night on SmackDown, two nights ago on SmackDown. So that is possible. The other thing is, does... Who out there really is advocating for a merging of the championships? Because you can't have champion versus champion, championship versus championship without, I guess, either the championships merging... Or one person being a dual top champion. And I guess if I was going to, if they're going to do this, if they truly are going to do this at WrestleMania and they're actually not going to do Brock versus Roman and they're actually going to somehow hold out the next three months and it's going to be champion versus championship, then fine. I'd be, I'd accept it if the, the championships don't merge and that person is just a dual, uh, dual champion I, I liken this back to Chris Jericho when he famously and infamously and continuously reminds us even 20 years later that he beat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the same night to become the undisputed champion because I remember him carrying around the WWE championship and the World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, it, it's an image you'll never forget and one that was extremely unpredict- un- un- unforeseeable. I remember watching it going, what? Because you figured The Rock or Stone Cold for sure would come through. That's how I kind of view this as holding the same cha- uh, two championships and then calling them the undisputed champion. Um, yeah, that, that's fine, but I don't want the belts to merge. I, I don't want that because then again, I've I, I've said this before, but it just would it would essentially kind of uh, 
put a, put one of the brands at a disadvantage because they wouldn't have that champion on the show for that month for that pay per view. It, it just it wouldn't make sense, you know. So um, that's that's my thought. If they do championship versus championship, it's at WrestleMania. In the interim, you know, of course you had Roman Reigns, Superman punch uh, Brock, and you wonder if that was still on purpose. In terms of Paul Heyman trying to set that situation up, I, I still ultimately think Paul is going to turn on Brock. And this, when we look back, will be one of those moments that he knew Brock would turn to him to tell him to shut up, which would allow Roman a moment to uh, strike. And that I'm just would keep a, keep an eye on that because if Brock Lesnar continually gets distracted by Paul while Paul isn't doing anything on the surface that looks shady, when you dig deeper and say, hmm. Was Paul doing this to uh, to help Brock or help Roman, even though on the surface it looks like it's helping Brock? The situation ended up, in this case, Brock Lesnar on his back. So keep you know keep tally of this at home. We've got a long ways to go with this, but um, it was weird kind of seeing also Paul Heyman almost grovel to uh, to Roman Reigns, almost like he went through a breakup. I, that's exactly I feel like the the tone he was going for. It was like a, a teenage breakup, you know, and it felt like, oh, I miss you. I miss you. And I loved you. And I uh, all this stuff like he was almost sobbing. It was a little weird. Paul Heyman's go- gone through like I, I, multi, multi. He's got like multiple personality disorder. I, I don't know what it is. And I don't mean that necessarily as a compliment or as a as a slight on him. I don't know what to make of it because we've seen Paul Heyman, the kind of subservient, shy, uh, slithering uh, counsel to the tribal chief and then we've seen paul Heyman, the broken man who when he had an interview with kayla braxton didn't know what he was going to do with his career to suddenly being back with brock lesnar now i know covid played a thing in this but we had him suddenly back with brock lesnar mr confidence and then he's back this week with brock but also groveling to roman like a a schoolgirl who just got broken up with it it's weird like pick a lane paul yeah Please pick a lane and stay in it. I, I don't need all these, you know, five detours. It's it's really difficult to kind of pin down what personality Paul Heyman's going to bring out. And the more I think about it, the more it's not a good thing, right? I, I just said I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. I'm leaning more towards not good. So let me know what you guys think about the Paul Heyman just conundrum of personalities that we're seeing over the last month. It's it's mind numbing because you don't know where to go, and that's not a good thing. So, at least in my mind. But, but um, in the interim here, of course, we did get um, Seth Rollins being named the next competitor for Roman Reigns' Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble. Now, this was of Adam Pierce's doing. Yes, Seth Rollins is a part of Raw. And if they don't explain this, I won't even be shocked. What did I tell you? that they wouldn't explain why Brock Lesnar's suspension was lifted. Never bothered with that. Never. How do they not even bother? I mean, come up with a lame one excuse. They didn't come up with one. That's laziness. It's insulting. So do they even do it here? Or do they feel that fans don't care and go, whoa, we haven't seen them together in a while? I hope it's not the latter. I hope it's the former. Because I want just something. Maybe they made a deal with Raw. But I don't know how you make a deal with Raw if Adam Pierce is also in charge of Raw. What do you make a deal with yourself? You know, if you're going to do the general manager thing or the official thing, then own it. 
and have somebody on Raw that you can um, that you can quote unquote make a deal with or a trade. So how exactly does this work? Now Seth Rollins is a part of SmackDown for the next month. I mean, it just guys, just I'm telling you, expect no explanation. Why Seth is there? He was just chosen. This is where WWE wants to have their cake and eat it too. They want the brand split. They want all the benefits of the brand split, but they don't want any of the consequences. Anything that's that hinders them from moving forward in the story, they say, mm, you know what? Uh, let's bend the rule here, bend the rule here, bend the rule here. It doesn't take long, maybe a week or two before WWE violates their own rules of a draft. I mean, why are we even having a draft if they just continually do this weekly? Again, let me just say, though, I'm excited about Seth Rollins and Roman. Like, that's that's fine, and I am. But to me, that's not enough of a deodorant to say, yeah, you know what? I don't even care if they give me an explanation. Why shouldn't you care? If you watch pro wrestling, yes, you're in it for the athleticism and all that superficial stuff. But the story, the story is why you should be in wrestling, or at least why you're why you are a long-term fan of wrestling. Because you don't have good storytelling, you're not going to stick around long. So this to me just it has to be addressed. It has to be addressed. So I hope they do. I just have no faith that they will do it. That said, beyond my uh, complaining and moaning portion of this, Seth and Roman is intriguing. Now they're both heels. It does lead you to believe. Okay, was this a make good on Seth supposed to win at day one or? I've heard I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard Big E was supposed to win at day one. I also have heard Seth was supposed to win at day one. So with Seth moving over to SmackDown, that would tend to believe, I would tend to believe maybe it was Seth who was supposed to win the WWE championship from uh Big E. And now that Brock was interjected and become cha- and became champion in that matchup of the Fatal Five Way, now Seth moves over to SmackDown again with no explanation. But he challenges Roman and maybe he becomes Universal Champion and he's the one to take it off Roman. The problem with this is, if Seth does this, he's a heel number one. You want a babyface to do it. And I don't foresee Seth flipping, you know, uh, doing a turnabout, uh, a turnabout face. Does that say that right? That's like a military term. I don't see him flipping there, a more common term. I don't see him flipping to suddenly this character we're supposed to feel sympathetic for. Nor would I want that. And he's not good at it anyway. Seth is born to be this character he is right now. So... I think that they'll have an excellent match. Now, who the crowd gets behind is going to be very fun and interesting to, to, to listen to. But ultimately, I think Roman should still retain because I don't want it being Seth Rollins. I wouldn't hate it because Seth is still the, the present and the future, but he's a heel. He's a heel. And the, the, the streak should end at the hands of a babyface. Now, you could make the case that both Brock and Roman cost one another their own championships at the Rumble, therefore setting up their uh, their big match at WrestleMania. The argument against that, though, is Vince likes to make things as big as possible, even when they they don't need to be. And Vince would like, now that he's got the belt on both guys, he'd like the belts to be involved in this matchup. You can just feel it, right? So th- there's a lot of moving parts, and you know Bobby Lashley being champion, like, is that possible? There, there, this. This is such a, it's a mess, but it's also, the names are so big and the, the characters are so good that it's almost enough to, to cover the mess that we're in. 
Like it's it's almost like people don't know we're in a mess because the names are so big and the matchups seem so intriguing. But when you take a step back and you, you remove the star power from it, you're like, wait, wait a minute. This guy's on Raw. How is he here? Why would you want a heel to take down the, the long-standing heel champion? Now it's heel versus heel. Then you have this other guy who's a free agent, and he's the WWE champion. But he's uh, he, he's feuding with Bobby Lashley, who, if he takes the belt, how does that? Like, there are so many moving parts. And guys, we're, we're in a mess. And some people don't even realize it. But I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. It's just It's just a logistical mess that they're in right now. But um, all right, let's uh, let's move on here. I talked about those top two things here. But first, let's take a quick break for the sponsor, and then we'll be back with uh, more SmackDown. How would you like to get 47 eBooks for $1? Yes, 47 for a dollar. The only place to get that is MillionaireWealthClub.com. These books include passive income advice with Airbnbs, vending machines, credit repair, Amazon profits, YouTube celebrities, generational wealth, and much more. They're striving to push the youth to be entrepreneurs versus employees in 2022. Add this bundle to your cart and use coupon code MILLIONAIRE at checkout. If there are any issues, you can just contact them and they'll get your bundle over immediately. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com and get 47 eBooks for a dollar. I can't believe I'm saying that. 47 eBooks for a dollar. It's really a no-brainer. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast and uh, some unrelated news, as you may have already heard, as news travels at lightning speed in this internet age is uh, Bob Saget at the age of 65 found dead in his hotel room in Orlando, I believe. No foul play, but uh, yeah, so Danny Tanner is uh, no longer with us. So um, crazy, right? If you grew up in the in the 90s, Full House and... Obviously, later on, they did a reboot of Fuller House uh, he was involved with, and um, crazy. And American, America's Funniest Home Videos, if you remember Bob Saget uh, hosting that. So uh, I don't know the details. I'm sure it'll come to light in the coming days, weeks, but kind of sad, right? And uh, here we go, 2022. Here it comes. All right, well, let's move on to something a little bit less important than life and death, and that's just kind of playing in the sandbox here, as I say, and... Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Rick Boogs and Sami Zayn. You know, this was Rick Boogs' one of his best matches, if not his best match. That said, it also gives credit to Sami Zayn, who can work with nearly anybody. And the suplex he did, the strength that it took to do what he did with Sami Zayn, with that stalling vertical suplex, bringing him down and then bringing him back up, ultimately to get the suplex. It was. I mean, it's just crazy strength. Now, Sami Zayn isn't exactly a super heavyweight, but still, the core strength you have to have to have is just, it's crazy. And so, uh, Rick Boogs here is, uh, <clears throat> is uh, I think, a star in the making at some point. I know a lot of you are higher on him than I am. I think he's intriguing. I think his days, better days are ahead. And um, I, I didn't like how he played the jackass theme at the end. That was, I don't know, I, he's just doing what he's told. But, um, yeah, it was, this was a good match. 
Zane lost, and Knoxville obviously did what he did, throwing um, Zane over the top rope. So uh, SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, she said she answered the Rumble. I already covered this, and then she went over all the other women that are in the Rumble for no apparent reason other than just to have bodies to, to get to that magic number of 30. Uh, then Charlotte Flair defeated Naomi in, um, I think, a decent match, not the smoothest of matches. I think that you know they, they just haven't worked a whole lot together. And Naomi lost, as I said, via natural selection. She was on the verge of winning by countout. And then later by disqualification, but of course, we had good old uh, Sonya Deville out there to declare each instant that the match could not end via disqualification or countout, and that it would only end via submission or, or pinfall. So just kind of changing the rules as things go along. It's a very tried and true heat building formula. And yeah, so this is still going on, guys. I mean, it's, it has to be, what, four months now that Naomi and uh, Sonya Deville are still going on. Are they really going to drag this to Mania? Do they really, <laughs> they're really going to do this? And why hasn't Sonya Deville like filed a grievance with the chair, or the, the uh, board of directors or Vince or anybody? Why are Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce allowed to just abuse their power, especially Sonya Deville? How, how is this still a thing? It makes Naomi look foolish. But it's still going on and I have praised this storyline and I continue to, but less so now because I'm like, even I am like, okay. You've done about everything you can do without actually giving us the match. Can we just get the match? Hopefully it's the Rumble. Like, can we just get to the Rumble? If this is another three months, I, I'm, I, then I'm, uh, you know, I'm jumping off, off the train here because it is getting a little bit like, all right, can, can, can we do something here? And so, I mean, anyway, um, but a, a, a decent match here, not great, but Charlotte Flair gets the win. All right. Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss defeat the Viking Raiders via pinfall after Moss lands a neck breaker drive, which he calls the punchline on Eric. And the match came after a happy talk segment where Moss dressed up as Drew McIntyre and he and Corbin took shots at the injured Scottish warrior. That's the description according to CBS Sports. That's yeah, I mean that that's that's exactly right. And uh, you know, we we got the good old kind of bait and switch that Drew may have been there. He wasn't. He's injured. He really is injured. And hopefully he'll be back in time for WrestleMania season or WrestleMania really ramp, when it ramps up in like February. I, I I hope so. Maybe he'll be back in a few weeks. I, I have not heard the prognosis, but hopefully it's not too long. But uh, happy Corbin and Madcap Moss defeat the Viking Raiders as if the Viking Raiders taking a loss means anything these days. Uh, but Madcap Moss, I got to say, boy, he's a big dude. You know, Madcap Moss... Big dude, Riddick Moss, big dude, bigger than I thought he was. And eventually, Happy Corbin or Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre will go head to head, and then Drew will move on to actual important things, which could be the Universal Championship. Could be. All right. Uh, the Usos, or as God Almighty, the New Day would call them, what was it? James and Jason Uso. Because they always have to say or, or over-pronounce the person's name, like use their official name. It's, yeah, yeah you can feel a new day just boiling under my skin. And, and you know, th- this, is, this is unbelievable. I, I really, at this point, don't even blame Creative Events because if the fans continue to support it, 
They're going to continue to trot this crap out there for six years now. I'm blaming, I'm calling out the fans here. I'm calling out the fans who continue to cheer for this. What part of this is entertaining to you? What part of the New Day Act? Even if you enjoyed it at first, how are you still cheering for the same act six years later? What, what part of this makes you laugh or feel good or give you warm, fuzzy feelings? Point to, some, point to something. I, I, I can't identify it. I don't even know what to say. There, again, in ring, no problem. You know what you're going to get in this matchup. A very good matchup. These two, these two teams have wrestled each other more than John Cena and uh, Randy Orton have. More, more than, um, who else? Um, like Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin did back in the day in 2019. Or was it 2020? No, it was probably 2019. Um, yeah, it, it just, or Rey Mysterio and uh, Seth Rollins during the pandemic era. It, it, it just was, they've wrestled each other so much that it's, I know it's an easy go-to, but it's so overdone that it, it's hard to, say, yeah, let's get to this matchup, even though it's great or good. At, at this point, they're not great matches. They're just good because they've done everything. But, I mean, it, it's a fine main event. It's just beyond overplayed. So I, I like the match. I like how the Usos used the 3D, or as they call it, the 1D. They dubbed it the 1D. That totally makes sense. And uh, that that's good. They used the, the 1D through the table. And... Woods somehow used a Spartan helmet to absorb an Uso kick, which doesn't make sense because if that helmet truly weighed how much we were told it to weigh, it, I mean, he would have gone down like a ton of bricks um, and it would have actually, you know, completely shattered the foot of Jimmy or Jey Uso, whoever hit him with the kick. Anyway, I get it. It was kind of like this this costume he found out of the ring and it provided protection. If it was so good, why didn't he just keep it on the whole match? I don't know. Um, but this one made sense. Of course, the Usos retaining the, the uh, tag team championships. I like it. And we have to have a championship match on this show. I believe even on uh, Raw, we have a championship match, tag team championship match going on with the RK uh, Row versus the Alpha Academy on Monday Night Raw. That's going to happen tomorrow night. And again, it just, what, what, can somebody name me a show over the last four months that WWE has not had a championship match on Raw or SmackDown? Can, can we name one? It's, it's sad. And it's, it's feels desperate. And it's also disrespectful to the championships. But I've gone down that road a hundred times. I'm not going to, I'm not going to subject you to that rant again, but guys, Remember when championship matches felt really special and that they only took place on these big events like Rumble or, you know, the formerly known pay-per-views? Remember when they can actually felt a big deal? And when it happened on a, a free TV show like Raw or SmackDown, it was like, whoa, we're getting a championship match on, on Raw or SmackDown? What? Remember those days? Yeah. Long, gone, and dead. So uh, now we now it's expected that you have championship matches multiple at times, oftentimes, per show. It's a booking crutch that is going to become less and less effective the more you use it. Because people aren't tuning in to see championship matches anymore. That may have spiked a rating back in the day. When I say back in the day, even like a couple of years ago, 
now it's just expected and people go, oh, yeah, titles online. Okay, cool. That, that's not that, that if they're, if people are using that, if creative is using that as their reasoning for having championship matches on every single show that it spikes ratings, show me really how, 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 how exactly does that? Or maybe it's a booking crutch and a deodorant for your lack of ability to tell actual intriguing stories and have deep characters. I wonder which one's true. So, um, I, I'm just, I'm just like tearing this championship thing apart, but it deserves it. Um, anyway, so, um, we also got, and I'm, I'm just seeing this now, um, an exclusive from WWE on their Twitter feed where Charlotte calls out anybody. She just says, who wants an opportunity against me at WrestleMania? So, yeah, I mean, we're already in WrestleMania season without the road to WrestleMania actually starting. Okay, um, now again, I already covered Monday Night Raw. The big news coming out of it is is the Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley showdown that I think we're all looking forward to. Hopefully, it's not ruined by a third party. That would be that would be just the worst. I think fans would regret the hell out of that. Uh, it should be Bobby Brock one on one, and I hope it is, and it should be. So that's the biggest news coming out of Monday Night Raw, no doubt. Uh, we got Brock and Paul Heyman starting off the show. Um, let's see what else. Oh, Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. That's going to happen at the Royal Rumble. Um, Beth Phoenix in her kind of over emotion, over overly emotional face. She emotes way too dramatically. I've, I've you know, I've been a little bit critical of that, but it's nice to see Beth Phoenix back. And I think this is what probably hooked Edge into this program. Not necessarily The Miz, but being able to tag with his wife. That's a cool thing. So um, let's see what else. Uh, Let's see what else happened on Raw. We also got, uh, let's see, we also got RK Bro losing to uh, Chad Gable and Otis. That makes sense now that they're getting the championship match this week. Unlike the New Day, who we got no explanation why they got a rematch instantly for losing. Now, normally, you get a rematch if you're the champion or champions, and you lose. And sometimes there's that automatic rematch clause, which kind of comes and goes that they said is antiquated, and it's not. And they, they bring it in when it's necessary for the story, and they shove it to the side when it's not. But you there's really no explanation or no reasoning, no logic for having a person who is a challenger get a rematch. You weren't the champion. You were the challenger. So that, again, does that doesn't make sense, but it's the new day, so what the hell do, does WWE care? So uh, anyway, on, on Raw, Bianca, Belair, and Liv interrupted Becky Lynch. Now, there's going to be a triple threat between Bianca, Liv, and Dewdrop on Raw to determine who's going to face Becky Lynch at the Rumble. And that's going to be a fun thing to uh, to see. Now, could I see this ending up in a schmoz where all of a sudden it's a fatal four-way because this match ends in like some kind of, I don't know, some kind of schmoz. Uh, that's the word I'm thinking of now. I don't think I've ever said that word in this show, but maybe it does. And they just want to put all the women in the match because they know they love themselves some uh, fatal four-way, fatal five-way matches. Uh, it's possible. You know, it's possible. But I don't know how you do it considering that by default all triple threat and fatal four way and fatal five way and whatever fatal 18 ways are no DQ. So I don't know how you get there, but maybe they do. 
Uh, what else happened on Raw? Big things, big things. Omos defeats AJ with a choke bomb. So, yeah, there's that. AJ Styles getting jobbed out to Omos. And, yeah, I know Omos, is, they got big plans for him, and he'll have a cool uh, showing in the Rumble, and he'll have a nice face-off with somebody, maybe a face, quick face-off with Brock Lesnar. I mean, I know he's not in the Rumble, but there's things you can do for Omos to have those those massive stare-downs. Stare uh, snare downs, stare downs in the rumble, and he'll have those moments. And the rumble is to really, I think, put over Omos. He won't win, but it's going to be fun to uh, to see him in there and uh, have those moments with bigger opponents than AJ. Um, let's see. Oh, Damian Priest defeated Dolph Ziggler with the, for the United States Championship. We also got a women's tag team championship match. I mean, there, there you go. There's there's two championship matches right on Raw this week. <sighs> it's crazy. Um, the Street Profits defeated Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz via pinfall after Montez Ford hit Crews with a frog splash. So, again, the biggest news coming out of Raw by far was number one, Bobby Lashley being the champion, the challenger for Roman or for uh, Brock Lesnar. And probably number two is Omos beating the holy hell out of AJ Styles. And uh, that's probably the top two, in my estimation. So, uh, I got to say, this whole version of Brock Lesnar, I'm still not used to it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm not sure what to make of it because for literally 20 years, we've been shown this version of Brock Lesnar that works. This just monstrous beast that just makes mean faces and bounces around. And, and, you know, I was critical of him not having to do much and not having to do any promos. But now he's just so relaxed. He's like in the I don't GAF mode. He has no Fs to give, and he's just like, whatever. You know, um, it's weird to see him smiling, though. He smiles almost too much. Because we, I mean, this, he smiled more in the last two weeks than he has in 20 years on camera. So, again, it's just, I'm not ranting about it or, or complaining. I just, it's a, such a, a, a juxtaposition. I don't know what to make of it. I guess this is Brock Lesnar with no script. This is Brock Lesnar with just, hey, Brock. Uh, here's where we want to go. Get us there. It's just like, hey, we want to get this match set up. Uh, Brock, do what you want to do. That's essentially what you have to do with Brock because Brock memorizing lines is not going to end well. So, um, here we go with uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, this is a match that has been long overdue and WWE even tweeted out when it happened that they said, it's finally happening, knowing that fans have been waiting for this and rightfully so. Well, guys, this has been the Week in Review. Uh, again, I'll try to bring on co-hosts as soon as I can. Uh, consider going ad-free on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have an, a subscribe now button. We, it's right on our main page to get ad-free, as well as Patreon. You heard me call, uh, give a shout-out to our latest patron of the show. You can get that as well, as well as hundreds of our shows ad-free for a dollar. A dollar a month. Pretty good value. And also, if you don't want to support us that way, at least just give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or both. Both would be even better. So thanks, everybody. I'll be back on the heck Tuesday Tuesday with a fresh show. Tomorrow will be another nostalgia retro show uh, until we start to, the what if back up again, which I'm not sure when that's going to happen, as you guys know with my schedule. But uh, we'll continue to pump out nostalgias that you haven't heard uh, or maybe haven't heard in quite a while. So that's, that's my schedule for Monday. But Tuesday will be the, uh, the, the raw review. So... Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, take care. I'll talk to you next time.
Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time. How would you like to get 47 ebooks for $1? Yes, 47 for a dollar. The only place to get that is millionairewealthclub.com. These books include passive income advice with Airbnbs, vending machines, credit repair, Amazon profits, YouTube celebrities, generational wealth, and much more. They're striving to push the youth to be entrepreneurs versus employees in 2022. Add this bundle to your cart and use coupon code MILLIONAIRE at checkout. If there are any issues, you can just contact them and they'll get your bundle over immediately. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com and get 47 ebooks for a dollar. I can't believe I'm saying that. 47 ebooks for a dollar. It's really a no-brainer. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com.